Al-Qaeda. Uh, two weeks ago, we began to look at the dynamics of the heart. And then we first started with understanding the heart. And then we began to look at why is the heart very important. And we did mention, number one, that your destiny is a product of your heart. Now, from all of these benefits that you're going to see, you will see that the heart is just extremely important to your life. Extremely important. There is hardly nothing that happens to you that does not pass through the heart. And God needs your heart to work things out in your life. And that's why your heart must be open. Your heart must be a heart of sincerity, a heart of integrity, a heart of integrity. That is very important. So we see your destiny is a product of your heart. And then we also saw, number two, that words and actions proceed out of the heart. Words and actions proceed out of the earth. And then number three, we saw that the heart is the production engine of our life. The heart is the production engine of a life. That's where things are cooked. It's the seat of production, the seat of output, the seat of manifestation. And then number four, this is where we stopped. We said the heart is the seat of beliefs. It's the seat of deception. It's the seat of philosophies. It's the seat of mindsets. And the seat of reasoning. So in other words, the, the, the heart will, will house whatever you input into it. The heart will, will whatever you allow inside of it. Whatever kind of belief system that you put into your heart is what it houses. And it is that belief system that then unconsciously begin to drive your life. And then you begin to drive your attitude. You just discover that you begin to behave somehow. And you don't know how you're, why you're behaving that way. Now you're behaving that way because that is the belief system that has been established in your heart. That's the mindset it is like concrete. So that thing, that belief, that belief has been concretized in your heart. It is that. And that's why if it is wrong, then you need to uproot it. It needs to be uprooted. Mark chapter 2, 6. And I'll start reading from verse 6. Mark chapter 2, and then start reading from verse 6. It said, but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their heart. So what do you use to reason? You use your heart to reason. Okay, but if you want to look at it from another way, you will say you are reasoning with your brain as well, right? So the brain is that physical organ that actually connects with your heart. The heart is that spiritual organ that you cannot see. So if you want to see how 
uh, 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 the physical organ is connected directly. There's a direct connection of your brain to your heart. So there's nothing wrong in say, and they are reasoning in their heads. You understand? Or in their brain, or in their mind, or in their heart. And I know that you understand, you know the meaning of the heart, you know, you know what a heart means. So, so when we say the mind, you'll be able to connect all of these things together. So they began to reason with their hearts. And then, and at times when you are reasoning with your heart, there's a possibility that you're not even saying anything. But you're just reasoning with your heart. And then other times as you are reasoning with your heart, you also, you are murmuring it out. How many of you, you have reasoned with your heart before and then you still murmured it out? You know, and then you didn't even know you were murmuring it out until somebody said, what did you say? He said, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to God. You know, what's going on is that, you know, because they, they, and at times you don't even know that you're doing that because it's, it's already a belief system that has been established in your heart and then somehow it just, it just flows out like that spontaneously. And then you have reasoned it out with your mouth before you could actually, like what did I just say out? So verse 7 says, Why does this man does speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And then verse 8 and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned with themselves, within themselves. How did Jesus perceive this? In his spirit. In his spirit. Perceived in his spirit. But he was able to interpret that perception through his mind. Through the soul. And then the Lord says, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your heart? So in other words, Jesus was able to pick their reasoning. They didn't say it out, but he picked it in his spirit. Why? Because the, the, the spirit of the Lord is in our spirit man. And so the spirit of the Lord knows that reasoning of the heart of man, and at times he just chooses to reveal such things to us. In this case, he revealed it to Jesus. And then Jesus was able to pick it. It's a different thing to have that revelation and yet not be able to pick it. So that is why the place of prayer. Jesus does not joke with prayer because prayer is what increases your perception. Increases your perception. It begins to make you know the activities that is taking place within your spirit man. Because your spirit man is connected to the realm of the spirit. So if you're a man of prayer, when things, when there are activities within your spirit man, then your spirit man can pick these things. And then because you're a man of prayer, you can have the interpretation of these things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, you will see many times, especially when he was getting to 
the time of his crucifixion, you see that he kept going to Mount Olive, Mount Olive, and you know there's only one thing he does in Mount Olive. He prays. He prays. And of course, you know, mountain, there's no bed, no bed there. Amen. There's no mattress there. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. So he doesn't go there to go and sleep. Of course, the disciples, they went there to sleep. Amen. <laughs> and that's why God has given us tongues, 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 tongues. Engage yourself in the activity of the spirit. And when you engage yourself in the activity of the spirit, you keep your spirit man active. And then the, the, the connection between your spirit man and your soul is active. That your soul can interpret whatever it is. The signal that is coming from your spirit man. And what is responsible for that uh, connection, what is responsible for that uh, uh, perception, increasing your perception, the way you perceive the things of the spirit, your prayer life, your prayer life. And that's why be man. Just and how do you do this? Just engage in the activity of the spirit. Praying in tongues is one of the activities of the spirit. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man but unto God. In other words, immediately I open my mouth and then I begin to pray in tongues. Now, right away, I am connected to God. Straight away, I begin a conversation with the Almighty God. I am connected to heaven immediately. It's an express connection. And your believing and knowing this revelation is very key. Because if you don't know, see, see, revelation tries, uh, uh, concepts, spiritual concepts, tries on revelation. I need to explain this very well. You got it. Spiritual concepts. Spiritual principles thrive on revelation. Now, let me explain it. Both of us can be praying in tongues. And yet, someone, two believers can be praying in tongues. Believer A, believer B. And then believer A is getting more benefits from tongues from believer B. Why? Because he has a revelation that he does speak it in an unknown tongue, speaking not unto man but unto God, and then he is backing up his own prayer with that revelation and with that consciousness as he's praying, he's conscious that see, I'm speaking to God. And this other believer is just praying in tongues because everybody prays in tongues, and then he's not getting anything. So that's why we say that, see, spiritual principles, spiritual concept thrives on what? Revelation. Revelation, and maybe we should add this one, consciousness of that revelation. Living in the consciousness of that revelation, very important. It tries in the consciousness of that revelation. Tries in the consciousness. You can have the revelation and then you're not walking in the consciousness of that revelation, then you don't get the best of that spiritual concept, that spiritual principle. So to get the best of that spiritual principle, 
is to walk in the consciousness of the revelation behind it. Mark chapter 6, verse 52. Mark 6, 52. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was what? Hardened. Give me Amplified class. For they failed to consider or understand the teaching and meaning of the miracle of the loaves. In fact, their hearts had grown callous and had become dull and had lost the power of understanding. And that's why we need to be careful with our heart. <laughs> He, King James said their heart has been hardened. And then he said now their heart is dull, cannot understand anything at all. The heart can get in that position of not understanding. And then when, they, because one of the work of the heart is to understand. One of the primary, uh, the primary programming of the heart is to understand. And so, so when the devil comes in and then take away that understanding, then there's a problem. So they consider not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. And then look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 10. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 10. He said, Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways. So I swear in my rod, they shall not enter into my rest. Then verse 12, he said, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. See how the writer of Hebrews described unbelief. He called it what? Evil hearts. And at times, we play with unbelief. We don't take it serious. In fact, we don't even see it as sin, right? That unbelief. We don't, we don't see it as sin. But here the Bible says, it's what? An evil heart of unbelief. Evil heart. Unbelief makes it depart from the living God. Every unbelief that tries in your heart takes you steps away from the living God. Because our God is a, is a living God. Our God is not just God. He is the living God. There are many gods. They are all dead gods. So why is the Bible so particular about adding the adjective of living here? 
He said, because it's a sign. It's a sign of when you are walking in faith, it shows that our God is living. When you are not walking in faith, then it seems like our God is not living. He said, an evil heart of unbelief takes you away from the living God. So it's not, that, it's not like God is going to depart from you. God is still with you, but it seems as if God is not manifesting in your life. Look at Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Mark 11, 23. So for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this man, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt where. Where. So you can see that it is with the heart that you believe. And it is with the heart you do what? You doubt. So you can see why things, some things are not working. Because if you, if you keep doubting with your heart, there's something you can run away from. You, you can deceive yourself. And see, when you have that breakthrough in your heart and you deal with unbelief in your heart, leave the rest. It's just a matter of time. Leave the rest. <laughs> leave the rest. And how do you get that point where unbelief is dealt with in your heart? Soak yourself with the word. Soak up yourself with the word of grace. You soak yourself in. Say it again and again and again and again until the fire begins to burn in your heart. You must hear it under the point of saturation that you are shaking with it. Is burning inside of you. That is why the word must be your life in the year 2023. Come on, say the word is my life. Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What is he saying? The word is your life. Without the word of God, you cannot live. That's what he's saying. <laughs> So, what should a smart believer do? Get a word inside you. God says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, and what does that mean? That when you are studying the word of God, you study to hear the word. You study to hear God from the word. But you know what people do? They just read the Bible. You must read, you see, you cannot read the Bible until you read to hear God. If you just read the Bible and that's all, you have not completed the circle of studying the Bible. You have not completed the circle. You read the Bible to hear God until God speaks to you from that reading. Until God speaks to you from the studying of the word, you're not done yet with it. And that's why you're reading, you're reading, and you're not going to say, Lord, where is your word here? 
There's a word for me here. There's a word for me. And then you keep reading it. You keep reading it. You keep reading it. And you get somewhere, you just know, mm, this is it. Bam. And you stay on it. <laughs> you stay on it. Because that's your word for the day. You stay on that. You stay on that. You stay on it. You stay on it. Meditate on it. You stay on it until it's rooted in your heart. How can a day pass without you getting a word from the Lord? You don't live your life like that anymore. Amen. Then your neighbor, you don't live your life like that anymore. You read and study to hear God. Please preach like an evangelist to your neighbor. Say, you read and study to hear from the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. He said, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. So you can see that the heart is the seat of beliefs. Either the correct belief system or the wrong belief system. Look at Mark chapter 16, verse 14. Mark 16, 14. And afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat and made and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. He rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. He already told them, he said he was going to rise. I don't know where their heart was when he was saying all of those things. Somebody said he was going to suffer and then he was going to rise. And then out of all of those things, what they caught was the suffering part that he was going to die. And then they all began to sorrow. And that's what the devil does. The devil doesn't want you to see the other side of any revelation. So when situations are not going the way you expect them to go, the devil keeps your eyes on that. And then he refuses to allow you to see beyond that situation. He refuses to allow you to walk in the revelation of all things are working together for my good. That's why there's no situation, no matter how bad it is, just know that the Bible says all things are working together for my good. And then what should you look out for? How is this thing going to turn? Because he asked, it's going to turn. It's going to turn in my favor. Glory to God. It will turn in my favor. Praise God. And in Romans chapter 10, you come here, you come here to study. <laughs> On Wednesdays like this, we study, we look at scriptures very, very well. We look at it, and we affirm and confirm these things again and again from different scriptures. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe, how do you believe? In thy heart, you believe with your heart that God has risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
said, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness. So the heart is the seat of beliefs. Is a seat of reasoning. It is when the heart has believed something, if the heart has not believed something and then you speak it, it will not work. It won't work. Because it's possible to speak something that is not already settled in your heart. It has to be settled. The word of the Lord is settled in heaven. It has to be settled in your heart for it to work. And you get it to that point of settlement in your heart. The reason the word of God is working 100% in heaven is because it's settled in heaven already. It's settled in the heart of every man in heaven and then it's settled in even the atmosphere of heaven already. So, and you want to affect the atmosphere of the earth with that kind of settlement with the word of God, you must settle first in your heart. Because your heart produces an atmosphere. Your heart uh, creates an atmosphere around you. So, so what is settled in your heart is the current atmosphere that you have around you. Your dominant thoughts, the the dominant belief system that is in your heart is the current atmosphere around you. So that is why it is not what you say. Yeah, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the other mouth speak it. Yeah, because those things are coming. They are coming to your heart and you are speaking them. Because they come to your heart does not say that they are already established as a system in your heart. As a belief system in your heart. No. So eventually, what is going to manifest in your life is actually the belief system that is established in your heart. And that's why, get the word into your heart. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Not that let the word of Christ dwell in you. No. There was an adjective added to it. Say richly. Richly. Why? Because it's the richly that gets it established. It's the richly that creates a system of the word in your heart. And when that system of the word is established in your heart, then it, it changes the atmosphere around you. It changes the atmosphere. And that's why you see some people say, wait, wait, wait. It's the same thing that I've been doing, that I've been doing. But the result is different. What happened? Something happened. There's a shift in the heart. Something shifted in the heart. He said, but I've been confessing the same thing. I've, I've not been saying bad things. I've not changed my confession. And things are happening now very fast. In fact, before now, I even confessed more, and yet nothing happened. <laughs> You know what's the difference? There's a shift in the heart. The, your, what you are confessing is already established in your heart. And that's why you don't need to say too much before it happens. Oh, but thank God for those confessions we have made because they're part of the process that caused the establishment, 
that first the establishment of that belief system, the correct belief system in your heart. Glory to God. So this leads us to number five. We say the heart is the seat of the word of God. The heart is the seat of the word of God. So if you see the heart as the seat of the word of God, then what do you do? Load it with the word of God. Load the heart with the word of the Lord. We see in the parable of the sower, in Luke chapter 8, verse 12. The Bible says, those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their heart. Lest they should believe and be saved. Now, this is Jesus explaining the parable. And Jesus said the devil comes and steals. Jesus wasn't giving an illustration. He was explaining it. He's saying that the devil has a network of demons that come to steal the word of God from the heart of man. Why would the devil come to steal the word of God from the heart of man? Because he understands and knows the power that is in the word of God. That if the word of God can get established in the heart of man, then <laughs> that man is gone as far as the devil is concerned. The devil cannot get that man any longer. But instead, he won't come and fight the man. He's coming for what? For the word in the heart of man. It's coming for the word in the heart of man. And he will use everything possible to get the word of God out of the heart of man. And that's how you get home, go and read more on the parable of the seed. Because it tells us the way the word of God is planted in the heart of man. And also the way the word of God can be prevented from being, planting, from being planted in the heart of man. How the devil, every trick that the devil uses, and it's they are, they are familiar tricks, they are things that happen to us that the devil uses. Glory to God. Luke 24, verse 32. Luke 24, verse 32. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn with us? within us, while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. Is that what I was talking about? That you get to the point that the, your, your heart is burning within you. He said, did not our hearts burn within us? When the scripture was opened by Jesus Christ, you know, talking to those two brethren on the way to Emmaus, after Jesus was risen and Jesus began to show them, they didn't know it was Jesus. And then he began to show them Christ from Genesis and then through the prophet and the law showed and talked about Christ. That don't you know that he was going to die and he was going to come uh, be risen up again. And then he, showed, he said their heart was burning within them. 
That's the power of the word of God. You get the word of God to the point that your heart is burning. <laughs> Something is happening within. Hallelujah. Colossians 3.16 is, of course, I said this already, but it's good to, to read it yourself. And then we're going to read it together. Colossians 3.16. Let's go. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. It gets to the point that when the word of God is established in your heart, you know what is going to come out of your mouth is what? Songs. Joy. Joy. <laughs> How many of you, 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 you hear, the, I mean, you've heard the word of God at times, and then, and then you can't even sit there again. You are, you, are, you are shaking. You are dancing. There's so much joy in your heart. You are studying the word of God, and then, boom, you stand up. There's joy in your heart. How many of you have experienced that? You see? So who is going to let the word of Christ dwell in him richly? He said you. You think this Holy Spirit is going to do it for you? You have the ability to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So it's a choice. It's in your hand. The Holy Spirit has been given to you to help you, so it's in your hand. So if I say, okay, let chemistry dwell in your heart very richly, what do you do? You go for chemistry textbook, and you read it and read it, and it will dwell. Amen. So same thing. You go for the word. You have the word of God. You read it until it dwells, until it becomes a fire within you. Ah, thank you, Lord. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 9. Hebrews 13, verse 9. It said, Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with what? Grace. If people are being carried about with different kinds of doctrines, they are not stable, they are not dependable, it is because they lack grace in their heart. Grace is not established in your heart. And that's one thing the word of God brings. It brings grace in your heart, to your heart. It's called the word of grace that is able to establish you and give you an inheritance among the saints. He said, I commit you to God and to the word of, his grace, uh, word of his grace that is able to establish you and give you an inheritance. He established people in grace. Why? Because it is the word of his grace. So let your heart be established in grace. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. With grace. Grace here is God's ability, God's enablement, 
So when the heart is established with grace, you discover that, see, you are living a supernatural life. It is no longer your flesh that's in charge. Living a life of integrity becomes cheap and easy. Why? Because your heart is established with grace. You're not struggling. You're not trying to use determination to do it. There's a place of determination. And where is it expected? Where is determination expected? Determination is expected for you to grab the word of God. Determine. Make a choice. Grab the word of God. Actually, determination is not expected for you to live your life. Where determination is expected is to get the word of God in. You get it in, determination flows with ease. But this one is determination by the spirit of God that comes. But if you want to live by your own personal determination to make decisions in life, it will fail you. Amen. But your personal determination can make some decisions. It is not meant to make several decisions. He has that ability to make a few decisions and you stand by it. You can stand by those decisions for years, as long as it's not too much. Amen. So what do you use such personal determination to do? <laughs> you use it to a smart as a smart believer. We use it to make determination to get the word of God into you because the word of God, you will live by the word of God. There is a supernatural determination that comes from the word of God. So if I can get the word of God in me, then at least I can use this, my own determination for, to keep studying the word of God, keep studying the word of God. Keep praying, taking time out to pray and all of that instead of using it to make decisions in life. Hello? So if you can stay with the word and stay with the word, then the heart will be what? Established with grace. And our first Peter, sorry, second Peter chapter 1 verse 19 Second Peter 1.19, it said, we have also a most sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Talking about the way the word of the Lord affects our heart. And then brings light into our heart. And then until that light arises in our heart. And then the day star causes the day star to arise. In other words, the star in us comes out. Give me the Amplified Classic. And we have the prophetic word made firmer still. You do well to pay close attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dismal 
squalid and dark place until the day breaks through the gloom and the morning star rises, comes into being in your heart. Who is the morning star? Jesus is the morning star. Jesus is the morning star. So the word of God causes Jesus to arise strong in our heart. The Bible says we have the greater one on the inside of us. And then we need to become stronger on the inside of us. So what's the way out? The word. The word. The word. Get the word in. Be a man of the word. Tell your neighbor, be a man of the word. Be a woman of the word. Tell your neighbor, be a man or a woman of the word. So what does it mean to be a man of the word? Every day you are studying the word of God to hear God. So you don't stop until you get to that point where God is speaking to you from his word. So you are studying the word, you are studying the word, you already made up your mind, okay, I'm reading this, uh, maybe three chapters, and then you, you started reading chapter one, and then at some point, the word of the Lord comes to you. You stay with that, and then let it come in, I mean, let it settle in, and then you can continue and finish your reading, all right? And then, if there's an area of your life that's, uh, a concept or an area of your life that you need more light. What do you do? You go get messages. Messages. You can meet the media people. Do you have a message around this and around this? You get it. And then you listen to it again and again. One message can make a whole lot of difference. You listen and then listen and then listen. In the days of those CDs, you know, in uh, one of our meetings um, before we started uh, church, we're having, uh, we do outreaches on a monthly basis, and uh, someone came from Poraka then and to a meeting, and then got one of those cities. He said, he listened to that city until the city couldn't play again. He said, that word got into him. It was like fire within him. Now, today, you don't even need a city. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> you have it. You have it here. And you can listen to it again and again and again and again and again and again until you can even preach it. Yes. You, you open your mouth and begin to preach it without even looking at the scriptures. You know what it means? It has become a part of your heart. It's established. And nothing can take that away from you. Just like Jesus told um, Martha, that nothing can take that away from her. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right, number six, and then we will close. Number six, the heart is the seat of spiritual understanding. The heart is the seat of spiritual understanding. Matthew chapter 13, verse 15. He said, for these people's heart is waxed gross. Matthew 13, 15. And their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed less at any time. They should see with their eyes and hear with their uh, ears 
and should understand with their heart. And should be converted and I should heal them. Now, now Jesus Christ comes here and lays down the process of being healed. The process of transformation. He said they can be converted. You can be converted from anything to whatever you want. If you would deal with these barriers listed here. He said for these people's heart is what's gross. Make sure take away gross from your heart. He said and their ears are dull of hearing. They don't want to hear. Open your ear to hear. Open your heart to receive. He said, and their eyes, they have closed. Mm -mm. You say, no, I refuse to close my eyes. I open my eyes. What are you saying, Lord? <laughs> Lest at any time, you see what the devil has done? Lest at any time they should see with their eyes. Because if they can see it, they can have it. And hear with their ears. If they can hear with their ears. And should, if they can understand with their heart, then what is going to happen? Three things, he said, if they can see with their eyes, and then hear with their ears, and then understand with their heart, what is going to happen? They will be converted, and they will be healed. That simple is simple prescription when I say healing, I'm talking also of physical healing. But you know it's not only talking about physical healing here. It's talking about transformation. That you can actually transform your, your life completely by these three things. But you see that the Lord explained three different faculties there. And we see the faculty of the heart is meant for spiritual understanding there. Spiritual understanding. But they are all connected. So what do you do? You hear with your hair. You hear with your ear. And then you see with your eyes. And then you make sure you understand it with your heart. And how do you do that? You flood every part of the faculty with the word of the Lord. You bombard it. Bang, 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 bang. Bombard your eyes with the word of God. Bombard your ear with the word of God. Bombard your heart with it. Bombard, 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 bombard. There is nobody they bombard anything with that does not come down to submission. It submits to whatever you are bombarded with. And that's why the, the, there's a particular religion that understands the power of bombardment. They start from childhood and bombard them, bombard them. And then when, want to when they want to take it to a higher level, they take them into cells, hidden cells, and then begin to bombard them, 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 and then begin to tell them the benefit of, see, if you do this, you know, this is the benefit you will get when you get to heaven, you know, and then uh, uh, you have some virgins, you know, waiting for you, and all of those things, and all of those things. Yeah. Of course, they're not talking about our own heaven. <laughs> because, and there's only one heaven. Amen. 
Glory to God. Because Jesus already said we don't marry in heaven. <laughs> so definitely it's not our own heaven. Amen. Glory to God. And yet because it was through bombardment, they believed those things. And then they go and blow themselves up. How? Through bombardment. Through indoctrination. You need to indoctrinate yourself with the word. You can do it. You can indoctrinate yourself. Today I said you are in your own atmosphere. You are in your own realm. And anybody that comes around to say anything that is not, is not in what you have seen, you don't, you refuse it. You refuse it. And that's the correct indoctrination. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet tonight. And then begin to talk to the Lord. Decree that your heart is open. Your ears are open to hear. Your eyes are open to see. And your heart is open to understanding. In the name of Jesus. Eyes opened. To see in the name of Jesus. Ears open to hear in the name of Jesus. Hearts open to understand in the name of Jesus. That's the kind of eyes that I have. That's the kind of ears that I have. And that's the kind of heart that I have. In the name of Jesus. The heart that understands. The eyes that see. The ears that hear. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We we'll give you all the praise. We we'll give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Thank you, Father. And as you go, you go forth in the power of the Holy Ghost. The hand of the Lord is strong upon you. In the name of Jesus. The lines are falling onto you in pleasant places. Yea, you have a goodly heritage. You're coming in and you're coming out is blessed. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Please, you may be seated. Glory to God. Hallelujah.